Welcome all to the 96th session of the weekly huddle. I'm your host Anup Agrawal and joining me today is my friend and co-host Praneet Palamari. We both are cardiologists working at Care Hospital Banjara Hills. The format of uh, the weekly huddle is uh, uh, known to most of uh, uh, you guys who are attending today's session. The idea here is to bring uh, uh, the common clinical topics uh, for discussion things which we otherwise take it for granted, but for which we don't have very clear cut answers. Uh, sometimes these common clinical scenarios, they make us uncomfortable in making uh, decisions. We still do make clinical decisions based upon our own uh, expertise, uh, but more so uh, being more pragmatic, taking more practical uh, factors into account. Uh, this platform, uh, with this platform, we typically try to address those scenarios and try to discuss what is the best case that we can come forward uh, in these uh, in these situations. I have just dropped the case for today on the WhatsApp group. So if you are online, you can browse those, uh, browse it, and I will also uh, read it out uh, the case uh, for today. And since we are talking about headache, we also have uh, uh, a headache expert with us. We will take her opinion as well once uh, we uh, hear. Uh, what uh, my colleagues, what my cardiology and uh, medicine colleagues have to say. I chose the topic of headache because this is as common of a topic as one can get. I don't think that there is any subspeciality or uh, general uh, practice where we don't get patients uh, of headache. And uh, uh, I will uh, say to myself that uh, I'm not very good at history taking for headache. I can take very good history for chest pain and try to differentiate about what are the clinical syndromes associated with chest pain, but I'm not very good at uh, taking history for headache. So uh, hopefully we will learn something today with this regard as well. Uh, when I present the historical aspect of today's case, I won't be able to tell you more about the features of it again because I don't know what to ask. And that is again something which I will um, seek opinion from my colleagues and experts for today's discussion. So the case for today is a 56 year old female. She was uh, admitted around two months back. At that time, she presented to my clinic with uh, classical signs of uh, uh, progressive angina, which was uh, recent in onset. Her ECG and echocardiogram was normal, but because of her uh, clear angina history, I subjected her for angiogram and uh, her angiogram suggested uh, a prox LAD stenosis, which was stented. The problem was that she also has diffuse distal LAD uh, stenosis and she also had diffuse disease in her distal uh, RCA territory. Because those vessels uh, were quite distal and they were diffuse, they were left alone in terms of uh, invasive management and we opted for medical management for those lesions. She did not have any other uh, residual major epicardial stenosis at that point of time. The event was uh, um, without without any complication and she was uh, discharged uh, after 48 hours but because we knew that there is a lot of diffuse disease we did want to manage uh, her angina with uh, optimal medical management and at that time she was discharged on all the routine medications that you would expect uh, along with uh, nitrates and nicorandel and she was also on her routine old medications mostly uh, relevant for today's talk is uh, diabetic medication uh, for which she had been taking for about seven, eight years now, and her diabetes seems to be reasonably controlled. Her comorbidities included hypertension, 
which is of the similar duration as uh, diabetes. Other than that, she does not have any other comorbidities. So she actually presented during the first follow-up that was about a month of angioplasty and, that, that, and at that time she complained of headache. And she said that she used to have headache previously as well. This is not new to her, but recently it has progressed. And she thinks it could be because of the newer medications that she had been. Uh, mind you that she was not taking a lot of these medications before her angioplasty. So a lot of these medicines were new to her. Uh, because she was on nitrates and because she was on nicorandil, I thought that maybe her headache is precipitated because of the two drugs. So last time I stopped her nitrates and her um, uh, nicorandil. I added trimetazidine and I increased her beta blocker. So that was during last, uh, that was during first follow-up. Now this is her second follow-up. This is two months after her index angioplasty. She comes now to the clinic. She says that her angina is slightly better. She is able to walk around and do her work without any major problem. Uh, she does not have any rest symptoms. But she just cannot get rid of this headache. This headache comes maybe once or twice a week and uh, she uh, ends up taking sometimes paracetamol, sometimes she takes a combination uh, with ultraset. I have told her to refrain from taking any NSAIDs and that she is complying. She is not taking any NSAIDs. She used to take occasional NSAIDs before angioplasty. So now she's here with me. Uh, cardiac syndrome seems to be stabilized a little bit. But this periodic nagging headache is there, which comes once or twice a week. I thought that would be completely obliterated by stopping nitrates and nicorandil, but that did not happen. And at this point of time, I'm thinking whether I should just observe her headache or whether I should do some diagnostics or whether I should send her to an expert for headache evaluation. Uh, as I said, I did not poke too much into the history of headache because I, I personally uh, don't think that uh, I'm well equipped for that. I did screen for some of the early red flag signs, which I didn't find any and that we can discuss what those red flag signs are. But all in all, otherwise she was doing fine. Her current medications are aspirin 75 milligrams daily, clopidogrel 75 milligrams daily, atorvastatin 80 milligrams daily, her metoprolol is 50 milligrams once a day. Tell me certain she is taking 40 milligrams, silnidipine 10 milligrams twice daily, trimetazidine long-acting combination of uh, long-acting preparation of 35 milligrams twice daily. She is on oral hypoglycemics, which does include an SGLT2 inhibitor, and she is on some multivitamin and pantoprazole and all this. So these are her overall medication regimen. So I will start the discussion now. Uh, Praneet, the floor is yours. If this patient was to come to you with a headache, what would you do? And the points that I'm trying to highlight for discussion today is uh if the patient do get headache with nitrates or nicorandil what are the strategies that we can use to improve drug, drug tolerance and is there a way by which we can actually differentiate whether this headache is because of the drug or whether the headache is because of something else because these drugs are very important we are trying to control our angina and i don't want to just stop a medication because i think that could be the cause of um, headache where the headache may actually be because of something else like a tension headache or a migraine or whatnot what are the basic diagnostics that we as cardiologists or general physicians are expected to do for the headache management? Do each one of them need a CT to evaluate for neoplasm or whatnot? And what are the red flags where we should be referring these patients to a headache specialist or a neurologist? So Praneet, the floor is yours. And after that, I will ask opinion from my other colleagues. Right. Uh, so a commonly faced situation of headache. Um, but as a cardiologist, that symptom is something which 
does not ring a bell or is does not sound like uh, something of importance now you have already said uh, on uh, nitrates so first thing that i look at is whether there are any drugs which can produce uh, headache most commonly being nitrates which have already been stopped your question of how do we test it i don't think there is any other uh, investigation where we can test whether nitrates are the reason for headache headache it's only a trial and error that you stop and see for the response if headache still continues then probably it's not the nitrate and there is something else going on now having uh, said that with the presence of headache because of nitrate and uh, then if you have to give nitrate to control angina how do we do it <clears throat> probably changing the uh, formula to certain extent in the form of changing uh, dinitrate to trinitrate uh, or mononitrate and probably uh, changing the <clears throat> timing something like uh, from uh, morning to something like afternoon some here and there no proper signs i believe but some uh, tweaking here and there and uh, trying to reassure and get the confidence of uh, uh, probably managing headache uh, to certain extent unless it is not bothering because this is something which will uh, make them have a better quality of life in relieving anxiety now when uh, evaluating headache <clears throat> most important thing which i look into it is the common causes uh, uh, related to head and neck most important thing i i also do not personally stay much focus on where it is yes i do ask where exactly it is to get some idea but uh, probably evaluating headaches as per locations and site less likely a few cns symptoms in the form of any visual disturbances or any vomiting etc to try to get sense of any uh, signs and symptoms of raised icit and any neurological deficits to kind of grossly look whether there is any intracranial pathology uh, not there most thing i would look into is uh, visual disturbances i'll ask them about their vision and as per in uh, ophthalmology consultation to get their vision checked uh, second ent related issues <clears throat> any symptoms of earache discharge etc is what i ask sinus related issues probably sometimes they do check, uh, check for uh, uh, sinus tenderness etc <clears throat> dental issues in the form of any caries tooth i ask them and uh, probably if they complain of anything uh, suggest them a dental checkup then uh, most like most commonly is a cervical spondylosis which is commonly associated with uh, headache so do ask them for uh, headache in relation to neck pain and etc equally suggest them to do some uh, physiotherapy uh, head and neck issues uh, uh, going beyond head and neck issues one thing as a cardiac issue something that i look into is obstructive sleep apnea syndrome we'll try to look into whether that is the causing any headache and uh, probably uncontrolled hypertension which probably less likely because this patient is on one and uh, maybe rarely as a hypoglycemia because uh, as a cardiologist again we tend to be more aggressive in managing diabetes as a risk factor reduction maybe she is having occasional hypoglycemia causing headache and uh, lastly being uh, summer uh could be dehydration one of the reasons which can also um, produce headache so i would try to kind of uh, educate the patient on so many issues and uh, whatever quick fixes which we can do in terms of uh, physiotherapy uh, ophthalmology checkup avoiding hydration 
checking sugars etc uh, i would try to initially at least get the confidence and uh, get away with the first consultation but if headache is constant and if it is continuously bothering her probably then i would uh, uh, refer this uh, case to a neurologist for evaluation because uh, a persisting headache is something which uh, will be an important symptom i think i answered all the questions and if there's anything else i would clarify ranith have you ever ordered ct scan for headache evaluation no i would uh, refer them to neurologist and i'll handle neurologist to uh, take it rather than uh, ordering myself okay all right thank you for setting the stage pranit uh, we will continue our discussion i will ask uh, uh, my cardiology colleagues first if they have anything to add if i if i may invite uh, dr vijay sir dr vijay reddy sir if you can hear me could you please unmute yourself and share your thoughts and pranit i will i will tell you the things that you have mentioned the osa part i think that part is pretty clear early morning headache we are all used to asking our patients if the headache is restricted to early morning uh in this particular case it was not but this is a very strong sign to say that uh, we may be dealing with a sleep apnea uncontrolled hypertension was not the case in this patient so at least those two things i can i can take out of the discussion then others everything else that you have mentioned like you know cervical spondylosis and all these other things those are all on the table so vijay sir if this patient was to come to you uh what would be uh, your uh, approach in this particular case sir? good evening everybody here the in the index case i don't think it is the headache is because of the nitrates the for the simple reason the nitrate headache the main feature is once you stop the drug automatically the headache will will disappear here in this patient the headache is not uh, absent even after the discontinuation of the nitrate so it is the the second thing is patient is receiving silnidipine which is a calcium channel blocker it can also cause some headache third thing is hypertension itself can cause headache especially occipital headache and the rare possibility is patient after angioplasty he is must be on dapt so some intracranial bleed may cause that is a course it is a rare possibility because patient will have patient uh, mental status all those things uh, they are very obvious uh lastly hello yes sir yes sir please go ahead uh, lastly the most important thing is in this pay any headache patient they will have some amount of stress so this headache is most likely cause and it, it requires detailed uh, detailed uh, history thank you thank you so much sir uh, any any cardiology colleague of mine in this audience who wants to share his thought or her thought uh, you can please unmute yourself or uh, put your question in the chat box and while you gather your thought may i ask uh, shankar sir for his opinion shankar sir i'm sure you have probably managed if not if not i would say probably thousands of headaches uh, how do you handle these kind of patients cardiac patient who comes in uh, with non specific headache or what can you teach us in terms of what kind of history we should be taking shankar sir good evening to all uh, first uh, 
i will uh, speak of uh, this nitrate uh, tolerance the nitrates are uh, notorious for uh, uh, tolerance uh, take phylaxis so to avoid that uh, as it is discussed now uh, we give uh, eccentric dosage schedule uh, one in the morning and uh, seven hours or eight hours apart and another dose and we keep uh, nitrate free interval in the night so that uh, the nitrate tolerance will be very less and the second thing is uh, apart from this eccentric uh, schedule of uh, doses then we can add uh, some antioxidants this is uh, uh, ample of uh, ample evidence of uh, literature in the literature there n-acetyl cysteine because uh, these these nitrates are very essential in uh, ongoing uh, angina so definitely uh, we should give the the essence of it and uh, at the same time if we add n-acetyl cysteine uh, we can reduce the uh, nitrate tolerance and l-arginine also proved that it is a substrate for the nitric oxide synthesis so vitamin e vitamin c folic acid and uh, especially uh, if it is combined with the carvedilol uh, it is uh, both alpha and beta blocker uh, so the nitrate tolerance will be less and uh, especially in the heart failure where we combine isoleazine that is hydrolazine and the uh, isosorbide dinitrate there this hydrolazine uh, though it's a vasodilator it but it reduces the nitrate tolerance uh, somehow so these the antioxidants and uh, these uh, uh agents can be used along with the nitrates and uh, there is one more product uh, uh, it is uh, yet to come into the market uh, that is a penta erythritol tetranitrate uh, it is uh, uh, the dosage is 80 mg twice daily uh, i don't know whether it has come into the market all it is uh, so it is uh, there is there is no nitrate tolerance with this uh, molecule so so eccentric uh, schedule of the dosage and uh, pentaerythrate tetanitrate adding uh, antioxidants and carvedilol or hydrolazine uh, to reduce the uh, nitrate tolerance and coming to the the headache problem the nitrates are uh, notorious for a headache also if there is no headache that means nitrates are not not at all working so headache is a common uh, uh, side effect of uh, the Uh, nitrates see the headaches of uh, headache with the nitrates is are of three types so one is the nitrate headache which comes immediately after uh, usage of uh, this uh, sublingual or uh, buccal spray or oral uh, nitrate uh, that comes uh, that lasts for 20 to 60 minutes and uh, initially it will be there but uh, after the continuous usage Uh, this will be abated uh, within one to two weeks. Uh, that is uh, the nitrate headache. And second headache, what we see uh, that comes a, a little delay after several hours after the usage of uh, uh, nitrates is migraine. This migraine usually it is seen in the migraineurs and uh, they were uh, in individuals. with the history family history of migraine they are uh, susceptible to migraine attacks with the nitrate usage 
so where the patient will have unilateral bilateral throbbing headache and uh, preceded with a visual aura uh, then phonophobia photophobia will be there and uh, uh, there will be history of nausea and vomiting these are five symptoms will be there if uh, among the five symptoms your three symptoms are there uh, with the headache then we should think of uh, migraine uh, this is according to the international uh, headache guidelines uh that recommendation and third one is another uh, headache we see we, along with the nitrates which is uh, triggered by them uh, that is the cluster headache the cluster headache it is uh, uh, is a very severe and uh, unbearable pain actually the patient will have uh, suicidal ideation uh, uh it will be uh, this uh, cluster headache will be triggered by the nitrates alcohol and the strong odors aroma and exercise warm climate or uh, hot summer and uh, it is strictly unilateral uh, unlike uh, migraine which may be unilateral bilateral but uh, this is strictly unilateral and uh, and strictly side locked and uh, same side uh, that uh, pain will come every time so it will be orbital supraorbital temporal or combination of these sides and uh, this the duration is important depending on the duration there are sub classification of this uh, attack that is a trigeminal autonomic cephalalgia so so it will be lasting for uh, 15 to 15 minutes to 3 hours so unilateral side lock and last was 15 to 3 uh, hours and it comes in clusters sometimes these clusters may last for weeks to months so Uh, with the cluster uh, period the, with the cluster pre uh, free period will be there so in uh, remission so this is uh, a cluster headache this uh, this has to be thought of when the patient is on uh, nitrates uh, so apart from this uh, if the persistent headache is there in the primary headaches what uh, we have discussed with the uh, so far migraine the cluster headache and apart from that uh, the chronic tension type of headache that also should be kept in mind uh, when we uh, when the patient has got a headache uh, uh, when the patient is on usage of nitrates uh, and uh, and the last a word about uh, the red flag signs so when the patient has got a sudden onset of severe headache that is the worst type of headache in his lifetime that is a thunderclap headache so that has to be especially we come across in subarachnoid hemorrhage and uh, if the headache is got a worsening pattern uh, most of the times it will be seen in the mass lesions and if the patient has got a fever neck stiffness and any cutaneous rash we should think of meningitis or encephalitis or meningoencephalitis so if the patient has got any focal neurological signs or symptoms uh, then uh, we should uh, we should be careful regarding uh, uh, further evaluation uh, if the patient has got a headache associated with papilledema definitely this is a red flag sign and uh, any headache if it is uh, aggravated or triggered by cough exertion or valsalva maneuver if the headache is uh, accentuated then we should be very careful we should go for neuroimaging then especially in uh, during pregnancy or uh, 
peripartum period or postpartum period the pa patient complains of headache then we should think of uh, uh, some cortical vein thrombosis so these are the we go by this history uh, to look for the red flag signs if the red flag signs are there then uh, we should investigate with the neuroimaging and wherever necessary we go for the lumbar puncture and other chemical tests so this is my uh, so here the patient has got persistent headache and uh, uh, so we should take a detailed history whether it is migraine or cluster headache or a, a chronic tension type headache if, if there are no red flag signs in this case we don't need any further uh, neuroimaging or, or lumbar puncture others but high high in my clinical practice most of the times 90% of the times patient fits into these primary headaches only where migraine cluster headache and chronic tension type headache or combination of these uh, primary headaches will be there uh, if the red flag signs are there we should go for uh, further uh, investigation thank you one and all thank you shankar sir uh, i'll invite uh, dr rukmini for her comments uh, dr rukmini is a neurologist who had been in our uh, huddle before uh, ma'am my question to you other than the index case that we are talking about is if you could just uh, two things first of all as a cardiologist or as a general physician what is the bare minimum that we should know or we should talk to our patients about headache because i'm pretty sure even neurologist wouldn't want us sending pretty much every single headache to their clinic because then it will just be a waste of the resources so what is the bare minimum that you think cardiologist and other specialists should know about headache so that at least we can differentiate what is alarming and what is not uh, few of them are quite obvious like what uh, thunderclap headache that shankar sir mentioned or if somebody comes with headache and one side is not working uh, or if there is hemiparesis or hemiplegia then we know that there is a major problem there or there is a visual disturbance or what not then we know there is a major problem but barring those pretty obvious uh, syndromes uh, what would be things that we should be looking at particularly with regard to drug side effects when can we say that this headache is likely because of nitrates or nicorandil or when this headache is not because of that and then what would you tell us to look for the signs where uh, you can come into play and what kind of value do you add when these patients come to you so rukmini ma'am next few minutes the floor is yours uh, thank you actually i think most of the uh, issues that you have asked about has been covered by uh, i mean you dr pranith and dr shankar very well so i mean it makes it easier so the only thing about drug induced headache is that if you have a vasodilator you expect a headache you expect a, a mild headache to moderate headache and uh, as dr shankar had said that if you think the patient is on nitrates or vasodilators uh, the headache actually is an indication that the drug is working there are a couple of trials also like um, there's a trial which was uh, done in patients with stroke uh, enos trial and this profis trial which was done with dipyridamol enos was done with uh, gtn so where they looked at whether uh, the nitrate induced headache or the dipyridamol in induced headache actually resulted in a better prognosis for the patients 
and uh, uh, i mean surprisingly or maybe not surprisingly it did i mean not all the factors but it definitely reduced the mortality at i think uh, 30 days or uh, or a longer period or three months period so these are the sorry uh, who had uh, who were on uh, these vasodilators how would you so most of the things that that i know about drug induced um, headaches is that we normally they respond fairly well to nsaids acetaminophen even paracetamol they respond well and uh, the headache tends to reduce in intensity as the days go by so i think that's one of the major things that you should know like if you have a drug induced headache the only thing that you know about a drug induced headache is that the patient did not have headache before and started to have headache after you started a medication which is known to cause headaches like vasodilators or nitrates or um, i mean uh, like calcium channel blockers so if you you wait for the headache to come down the severity will come down the um, the red flags as uh, has been described well before has been that yeah if you have an early morning headache if the headache is occipital nucleolin uh, region the patient is feeling there is a drop in uh, alertness the drop in sensorium i mean even if the patient is feeling a little dull the headache is very severe it's a worst kind of headache that is happening if the headache is continuous most of these headaches that happen with drugs are not continuous they have a waxing and waning effect i think as did your primary patient also like she was having intermittent headaches again intermittent headaches suggest that it is not a i mean it's probably a primary headache so so the thing is that so anything like so if you have a continuous headache and you have the worst headache then it is better to evaluate and assess i mean there's no harm in over assessing a lot of times you do i mean you can have combinations you have to have a detailed history a lot of patients don't talk about the headaches most of them would have had a headache in the past but they probably do not think about it till they have this uh, major event and so they attribute everything to this event but if you ask them a little more in detail they probably would have told you that the headaches were there from probably 2 3 years back it was not coming so frequently now the frequency has increased so that all helps you in identifying a primary headache so if you have unilateral throbbing type of headache associated with photophobia phonophobia response to i mean uh, last for 3 to 4 hours um, then you know that you're dealing with a migraine again it would have worsened if you and a lot of um, events are stressful so if you have a chronic tension type headache the headaches usually are uh, better when you sleep so once they get up they get up free of headache and by the time it is 10 o'clock or uh, 11 o'clock they start developing headache and it's a holocranial non throbbing dull aching headache which persists in the evening again response to sleep and then once they sleep and get up they are better so that is a chronic tension type headache as dr shankar had said cluster headaches or the trigeminal autonomic cephalgias they all have unilateral persistent headaches they have a lot of autonomic symptoms like they can have redness in the eye um watering from the eye stuffiness of the nose so if you have these symptoms then you know that they you're dealing with uh, trigeminal autonomic cephalgias they come in clusters they cluster headache or paroxysmal hemicranias so these have um i mean they again some of them respond to indomethacin or oxygen so then you can look at these aspects and check it out so i mean um if you ask me like if you keep dealing with if you ask people about headaches they will keep telling you about headaches so i don't i don't think that 
like uh, i'm sure every one of us have had a headache in our uh, you know in our past and i'm sure when we've had our headaches some of us must have had very severe headaches at some point or other the only reason we know that it is not something um, uh, i mean dangerous is that we know that it's it, it lasts for a while and it responds and then we have not had the headache again so i think if you have persistent headache and it is very severe i think you need to evaluate irrespective of uh, what the modality is thank you, you ma'am i have a few questions for you and then <clears throat> i request if anybody in the audience has got any questions or comments particularly question for rukmini madam you can either uh, put it in the chat box or you can unmute yourself so ma'am question is and this is a very common scenario that cardiologist gets we put a drug therapy for heart either in the form of antianginal or in the form of person who had recent mi or what not and they develop headache now we have an option of stopping the medicine but we are giving these medicines for a purpose so the question is is there a way out where we can continue these medicines and also treat the headache or you think that is like uh, that is like uh, creating a problem and then trying to resolve the problem it is always best to stop the medicine and see how the headache responds what is the best course of action in these scenarios now i think see one the first option is only correct so if you are having a patient who requires a medication in terms of his cardiac uh, status you have to give the medicine and then treat the headache i don't think that you need to stop unless it's very severe and you think you cannot do manage without stopping the medication which is like so you have to give at least a period of a month or two months for the headache to come down you can add on acetaminophen uh, symptomatic therapies during the initial period and wait for it to come down most of the nitric induced headaches do come down in uh, as do come down as the time goes by and when you talk about uh, treating headache with drugs of course in these patients we don't like to give them nsaids but uh, other than paracetamol is there something that cardiologists can give without uh, without any concern for these therapies like we we typically hate to write uh, headache treatment anything other than paracetamol and tramadol but what is your take on it i think paracetamol is a good drug um uh, i still think that you can give nsaids intermittently without uh, worrying if you're not i mean if the headache is intermittent so again you need to take a detailed history of the headache whether it is continuous throbbing um is it um, lasting for 3 4 hours is it happening throughout the day worsening in the afternoon because both so one it, it could be a drug induced headache and as dr shankar has very nicely pointed out it could be a worsening of migraine it could be the onset of a tension type headache obviously the stress is there so you need to assess which of the three and then decide on what treatment to give so if you have a tension type headache an anxiolytic would really help like say uh, adding an amitriptyline or an um, i mean escitalopram would probably help in them if you have a migraine if you're already on a, a beta blocker actually increasing the dose of the beta blocker or uh, just keeping the beta blocker on along with um, uh, i mean cyvelium or uh, cinerazine or something like that can help and uh, um, you can see the most of the neurologists also prefer only acetaminophen as the first therapy for uh, headaches only if you have a cluster headache or a paroxysmal hemicrania indomethacin is supposed to work well
so my advice would be you take a history see whether the headache is only after the starting of the medication if you think it's only after the medicine is started then you can just give them acetaminophen say paracetamol tell them that you can take the paracetamol whenever you have the headache keep a headache diary let us have a note a review back after some time and then you give them a month's time and then see again whether the headache frequency is coming down if it is coming down i think you can continue the next question is ma'am <clears throat> do whenever we talk about drug induced headache or whatever like cardiac drugs and all those uh, can drugs actually precipitate other kind of headaches like let's say if a person has tension type headache or a cluster type headache where the frequency is not that much and now i add a calcium channel blocker or i add a, a, a potassium uh, uh, antagonist like your uh, nicorandil and what not uh, are those drugs uh, can those drugs precipitate an existing pathology like a cluster or a tension or these drug induced side of uh, drug induced headaches are totally separate from the existing uh, headache disorders what is your thought on that migraine is the commonest cause of a primary headache and all any vasodilator can increase the frequency of migraine it can increase the frequency of cluster type headache they don't normally they it, it, tension type headaches are usually not precipitated by these drugs so uh, so migraine yes definitely yes cluster also occasionally cluster is a rare group of headaches they would patient would have had a history of headaches before it migraine they may not actually uh, talk about it and ma'am last question that i have uh, for you is uh, uh, when we give beta blockers as a treatment for headache uh, do you have a data about cardio selective beta blocker versus non cardio selective beta blocker because we know that patients who do not have cardiac problem propranolol becomes the uh, commonest prescribed medications uh, for headache treatment but lot of cardiac patients they are on cardio selective like a metoprolol or a, or a carvedilol or something is there a, is there a sound reason that we should be we should switch them back to propranolol or you think we can continue the same so you can continue on cardio selective beta blocker so the thing is that if with most of our patients i mean i would actually prefer to start on a drug like topiramate which is safe for most cardiac uh, patients and it's equally uh, uh, i mean effective for migraine instead of starting on propranolol somehow the propranolol has uh, i mean we somehow use propranolol for non cardiac patients as in cardiac patients probably that's our care also i mean i think probably i should ask you also whether it's okay to give propranolol for a patient who may might have a anginal episode right no because we have seen propranolol being used very commonly in a lot of pathologies outside of heart in fact cardiologists don't use propranolol as much uh as other specialties particularly gastro and neurology and what not and uh, many of the times uh we we tend to just continue provided it is given for a very specific purpose the problem that happens is that when young people are put on uh, beta blockers for a long period of time now they get beta blocker induced issues but uh, the the question that comes to us is that when these patients who are on let's say carvedilol and if they continue to have headache then is there a good rhyme or reason to actually switch carvedilol to propranolol thinking that they will get the beta blocker effect at the same time they may get better benefit with um, uh, with headache and i don't know of any such uh, data behind uh, what i do know is that gastro guys become become very very particular that if they are using propranolol for uh, very serial uh, 
survey uh, what do you call prevention uh, then they like propranolol more than any other cardioselective beta blocker but i don't know if there is some such thought process from the neuro standpoint or not yeah i mean we also believe that probably propranolol has got a better response in headache but see in general propranolol now has become the second line so for us it's okay not to give propranolol so if the patient is already on a cardioselective beta blocker we don't add propranolol but if you ask me for a patient who comes in directly i would start on propranolol whether um, giving them a propranolol would be better or not is a difficult point to answer so i would rather prefer using something else altogether in a patient who's on a cardioselective beta blocker so that's right. my point right But actually even even cardioselective beta blockers are supposed to have effect on the migraine headaches so that it's not the it's the it is not the fact that they cardioselective doesn't rest, reduce their impact on the headache ma'am would topiramate drug work in headache treatment other than uh, migraine scenario like let's say if i want to continue nicorandil and i i think of adding topiramate to reduce headache burden do you think that will help or that's actually creating more trouble topiramate is very useful as a migraine prophylaxis so if you think the patient has got migraine yes topiramate is useful if you don't think that the patient has migraine see that's again i don't know see most of the times when we use a drug induced headache it normally does respond well i mean i've seen lot of patients who have had i don't have not seen nitrates but i've seen it with dipiridomol because we used to write dipiridomol a lot for recurrent strokes and they also develop very severe headaches but the headache comes down as the time goes by so you don't you don't really need to treat it with a prophylactic drug unless they have an underlying migraine and i think with the same thing holds good for nitrates also so unless you think that there's a migraine which has been triggered off by the nitrate then i think gestopiramate is a good drug right and that dipiridomol i think from the cardiology standpoint that's a history now i don't think we are ever using dipiridomol these days uh so neither are we so neither are we we used to yeah, yeah. this is during my uh, residency period and like i think it was from 2008 when the trials had come in because we had that match trial where clopidogrel was not supposed to be combined with aspirin so we used to only combine aspirin with dipiridomol because we thought that it caused more bleeds so that was a very uh, that was fairly long period i think till around 2016 we were using only that yeah. after that we didn't find so much of evidence of bleed with uh, clopidogrel and aspirin combination it's gone back to that so back in the day dipiridomol was used as a agent for cardiac stress test and before that it was being used as a sole antiplatelet agent for us <clears throat> but i don't think ever in my training i used dipiridomol i know during my training neurologist used to use but cardiologist never did i believe in the cardiology spectrum the drug lost its charm maybe more than a decade ago or probably probably one and a half decade ago uh dipiridomol related stress test was still done but recently i don't think that is also uh happening right now so um, if anybody has got any other questions or comments anything they can add and uh, while while we do that i will invite somaraju sir for his comments and sir i have lot of questions for you but i first want to uh, hear your thoughts about today's discussion and then i will ask few questions about your experience with headache Somaraju sir 
Thank you, Anup, and thank you, all of you. And uh, most of the issues are already covered. If you're coming on to this patient, uh, when you uh, do an angioplasty and when you have a patient on dual antiplatelets, and particularly the newer dual antiplatelets, the chances of uh, uh, bleeding into the brain and uh, subdural hematoma is particularly common. You have to have a lower threshold to investigate and uh, ask for a CT or relevant imaging. Uh, they, <coughs> we should have a lower threshold. That's very important. Any change in the nature of symptom and uh, which is not ascribed to the patient's original uh, symptoms, uh, any change, even a minor change, should make us uh, investigate and have a lower threshold. Having said that, uh, we should keep in mind uh, that uh, uh, one of the commonest causes for uh, subdural hematoma today is dual antiplatelets unnecessarily prolonged for a lot of cardiovascular patients. Uh, whether it is uh, post-angioplasty or post-bypass surgery, many of them, uh, some of them are not on follow-up, some of them while on follow-up also, they are unnecessarily continued on dual antiplatelets. That is a uh, that's not, uh, that's a wrong practice. And uh, one of the commonest reasons why uh, uh, this should be avoided is uh, we see increasing number of patients with subdural hematomas uh, in, in patients who are aged. I just wanted to highlight that issue. And also keep in mind when you are dealing with uh, patients who have a headache, the history uh, to be able to take a good history in a patient with a headache is fundamental for all practitioners, including cardiologists. You can't deny that, you can't say that it's not our specialty. And it is a uh, everybody's specialty, and uh, we have to deal with it. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, feel free. Thank you. Sir, I have a lot of questions. So if you could just keep your mic unmuted for a few minutes. Sir, what is your uh, tips and tricks about nitrates and headache? Like uh, uh, choosing a particular type of nitrate or giving a particular time of the day or combining it with something. Uh, what are the tips and tricks that you can share with us, sir? Uh, as already pointed out, uh, nitrate headache is generally temporary. It passes off uh, after the first uh, a few days or a week or two weeks. And then uh, generally they tolerate it well after that. And also, uh, also keep in mind that uh, with today's armamentarium of anti annual medications is not essential that uh, chronic uh, angina pectoris, uh, chronic and stable, uh, do not require nitrates all the time. We have alternative medications. We have, many of you already pointed out. It's not essential that they should be, nitrates should be given. That is even applicable to even acute situation. We have alternative medications. The patient has severe headache, intolerable, and, uh, and uh, mind you, some of them have such a severe headache, they even vomit. The moment you have a headache with vomiting, you are quite concerned and uh, want to investigate. But do wait, and uh, it's not essential that patient who is so much intolerant to nitrates should somehow be given nitrates. It's not essential today with the existing other medications available. Sir, my next question is, how frequently do you see nicorandil and calcium channel blockers implicated as a cause of headache? 
calcium channel blockers uh, unusual uh, except when you use short acting uh, sinifedipine etc and uh, uh, nicarandil yes occasionally some patient have it and uh, some sometimes you have to dry it because of the headache but a very small percentage sir what is the role of giving high dose aspirin right before nitrate do you think that will help with headache or you think we are we are inviting more trouble by giving high dose aspirin uh, for uh, to treat uh, headache of nitrates high dose aspirin uh, in the absence of a specific indication for a cardiovascular disorder the patient who is already older and uh, is already on another antiplatelet uh, high dose aspirin unless it is justifiable you should not go for aspirin you should give some other drug to treat uh, the pain of uh, headache of nitrates not uh, try to go for high dose aspirin and sir in your opinion is there any preparation of nitrate you think is tolerated better than the others or they are all same uh, to me uh, it varies sometimes patients <coughs> vary and you can try out <coughs> but i don't know of any specific uh, <coughs> nitrate which is better tolerated than others perfect thank you so much sir that those were my questions to you shankar sir you have something to add uh uh my uh, heartfelt compliments to dr rukmini uh, she has enlightened us and uh, for also enlightening on uh, movement disorders the recent epicon at jaipur uh, i couldn't meet her but uh, uh, she presented very nicely the movement disorders in various uh, diseases uh, we come across uh, so my heartfelt compliments to dr rukmini kandadai Uh, and second thing is uh, amongst the uh, this uh, migraine or cluster headache uh, when we suspect uh, the we are temp- we are tempted to give the triptons as usual but uh, but the cardiologists and the general physicians they should know that uh, they are contraindicated in coronary artery disease and stroke so especially in uh, acute coronary syndrome chronic coronary syndrome the chronic stable angina that is vasospastic angina and the strokes also these uh, triptons especially the sumatriptan and uh, the, even in the cluster idiac also we give uh, the intranasal jolmitriptan it is available in the market now so we are tempted to give but uh, especially this patient this patient uh, who is a case of coronary artery disease here uh, triptons are contraindicated that one has to keep in mind and uh, uh uh this is uh, uh oh okay uh, this uh, this i want to clarify that uh, that uh, regarding the triptons uh thank you sir actually uh, and i think that's a very correct point that you have raised uh, kept i mean triptons in can cause vasospasm so it should be avoided in any patient who has got a ischemic heart disease or a ischemic uh, थैंक यू थैंक यू रुक्मिनी मैम थैंक यू शंकर सर 
Praneet, uh, your comments on today's discussion, anything that you want to add or, or uh, modify? A uh, lot of uh, points uh, added. Uh, I think the uh, the point uh, of relevance to me at least is in relation to nitrates. Now that uh, it's been more clear now that uh, we need to know whether it is only related to drug and uh, is there any associated symptoms like the uh, associated migraine which got triggered by nitrate which is a possibility. So probably spending some time in looking at the history of migraine is something is relevant and uh, maybe taking help of a neurologist to get a clarity is always useful and uh, basic rule of uh, drug induced headaches being uh, stop the drug it should uh, get better or maybe with the time probably patients will be tolerating it better and the headache should go persisting should always uh, need evaluation and it is okay to probably over investigate than uh, leaving it aside, particularly if it is persisting. And uh, usage of uh, um, uh, this one, paracetamol, for most of the time, working well. And I think once in a while, using uh, short quotes of NSA, calculated risk is probably worth taking it. And uh, the last word of uh, cautious use of uh, triptans, or particularly when we have to use uh, thankfully, I don't see cardiologists not prescribing triptans. I think only it belongs to the prescription of a neurologist. So I believe they will look into it. But as a uh, word of caution, whenever we give triptan, it is a responsibility to rule out ischemic heart disease or ischemic cerebral, cerebral or any ischemia anywhere because of its vasospastic action. And uh, I, I believe, uh, as Somraj sir highlighted, uh, most of the things will be uh, clarified with history and uh, as the old saying goes patient is actually telling the diagnosis so I believe if we kind of train ourselves in taking good history probably going back to basics in terms of uh, uh, good history taking and spending time with patient probably most of these uh, issues can be uh, better uh, diagnosed and resolved so uh, I think these are what I could uh, get from today's uh, session Anna. Thank you, Praneet. I think that that triptan thing is quite obvious. I don't think cardiologists across the board like triptans. And whenever I see anything in the prescription, I make sure that their chondry syndromes are either absolutely stable or they don't exist at all. Uh, anything other than that, using triptans for long term, uh, it can create trouble. So uh, fortunately, uh, we don't see that often in our prescription panel. There's no doubts about it. Uh, Shankar sir or Rukmini ma'am, I have a request for both of you. Uh, if you could please uh, 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 give us a little bit of reading material about headache, something that uh, we as a cardiologist or physician should know. And if you could share that on the WhatsApp group so that all our group members can at least uh, refresh their uh, learning about headache and at least do the basic history taking and understand the basic uh, aspects of headache so that they can manage a little bit better in their OPD and also to understand when is the time to actually send them to uh, a specialist like a headache specialist or a neurologist. So either one of you, if you could just uh, uh, share some reading material for us, that will be that will be quite helpful. Sure, sure. I, I should do so. 
if nobody has got any other comments, uh, I would close Dr. this. Dr. Yes, yes, sir. Uh, about headache, uh, major textbook of medicine. Today, uh, the headache chapter in Harrison, Harrison New Edition came. Uh, just read the headache chapter, it's beautifully written. And also Goldman Cecil. And neurologist will uh, also tell you more books. Lance Gold. Lance Gold. There is a special textbook on headache. But it doesn't increase your abilities to make diagnosis. <laughs> you have to deal with your patients and be involved and that it is your responsibility first to take adequate history and evaluate then only refer for additional help when needed and also keep in mind anything nocturnal whether it is chest discomfort or headache nocturnal has a serious consequences and uh, apart from sleep apnea dr pranish pointed out any nocturnal headache is a serious issue. Thank you. Keep in mind. Sure, sir. Uh, thank you so much for your comments and your suggestions and also your questions. Uh, I would close this session. We will meet next Wednesday with another topic. And uh, most of you know that all the huddle sessions are recorded and they are available online. So you can uh, browse through it and uh, listen to it during your dead time. Any comments or suggestions or any topics to be included in the future, please let us know. We have a WhatsApp group where we continue our offline discussion after a particular session. So thank you all. Good night. I will see you all next Wednesday. Thanks.